0: All right, here we go. We, let's chat it out. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, because I haven't talked much. I know. You've been busy. I know. Click clacking away on the keyboard. I know. Being antisocial.
1: That's right. So what are we talking about? Today's the two towers. Today's the two towers. Yes.
0: Death and taxes. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. But for purposes, <laughs> we're probably not going to talk a whole lot about death. <laughs> no, primarily the one tower of taxes. And as usually you brought this topic up, Why? why this week are we discussing taxes. Well, part of it was trying to think of
1: something Lord of the Rings ish Yeah. <laughs> in line of the, the movie, the two towers, which I felt like put right. us in a box. The theme, uh,
0: the theme required something of, 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 of a, na- a two, a two part nature.
1: Yeah. A two part nature that people are familiar with. But, yeah. And then I was like, Oh, late one night I was like death and taxes. Boom. Those can be our two towers. Here we go. And uh, so death tower. Number one, it happens to us all. So there we go. We can move on. There we go. And then taxes, man. Well, taxes are such a weird, weird thing. And no one really gets it. No. And there's all these, I think, thinking even about social media. I mean, every other financial social media post is about some weird tax thing. Yes. And you're just like, and the tax code itself, like, is just, like, it's enormous. Mm -hmm.
0: It's like... Wouldn't you tell me to read through... It would take more than a lifetime. If you sat down and tried to read through all the tax code, it would take, wouldn't it take, like, years or something?
1: Yeah, I, I, I can't remember how long it is now. It's an insane amount of time. It's an insane... Yeah, it's just, like... It's just an enormous amount of rules and this thing and that thing. And then... As people figure out different pieces of it, then they find the loopholes, <laughs> and then the government has to shut those down in some ways. Or and so that's sort of where like it just is this ever evolving, growing, right nebulous, bizarre black hole. Sure. That and and you know when when some of the stuff got started, you know,
0: maybe a little over a hundred years ago, the the system was simple. Hey everyone, and welcome to What's Up With Money? An ongoing conversation to help make sense of today's financial confusion. I'm Ryan, a writer and millennial who's asking
1: the questions. I'm Ronald, philosopher and financial advisor who's giving the answers.
0: From outdated 1980s financial advice to magic social media strategies, we aim to shine a light on what's really helpful, lessen financial anxiety, and better understand money. Thanks for joining our conversation as we ask, What's what's Up up With with money? Money? I was going to say, I was going to say, maybe we start the conversation talking about the origin of the tax system in the U S because taxes in its idea is fairly noble, right? We, you, we charge you an X amount, like a small percentage of what you have and we pool that together from all the citizens and we use that to pay for public goods, public services. Which makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because most, and this is where, like, even any sort of pooling of money between people, whether it's through insurance companies or mutual funds or these different things, people are able to then get more benefit from pooled resources than they could buy individually. It's just a cost thing. Where mm-hmm. when you got a big pile of money, then you can deploy that for things like police, fire, education, roads. Right you know, all yeah. the other different things, the military, you know, government programs, social security, all these different things that sort of exist. Mm-hmm. And so with that, it's, it is sort of built on the idea that like these, these things are better off. Certain things are better off being pooled resources than essentially privatized Sure, where you would have to go. Like if you had to, if you had to like, venmo a police officer (laughs) to show up for some dispute yeah like that that just doesn't work as well sure now i guess there's some people that have police officers on venmo to come take care of things for them but (laughs) but that's usually not the norm so but yeah just that idea that and then you know our whole country was founded on the idea of no taxation without representation right and so this idea that we sort of were birthed out of an idea of being anti-taxes mm-hmm. in one way, and yet now it's like this crazy weird tax thing, right? So, you know, we've kind of kind of been all over.
0: Well, yeah, because like like income tax, for example, you you know, we used to never be taxed on income until the war happened, and then there was a temporary tax put on income that ended up being permanent, right? So it feels like just kind of slowly. The government just throughout the decades, throughout the centuries, was just slowly implementing these little tax, little tax codes here and there. Now it has a mass to the the gargantuan beast that it is today.
1: And you can Google this and just see like a historical highest tax charts and things like that. We actually live in like the most favorable tax time in the history of the U.S. income tax system. Oh, do we really? Yeah, no one feels that. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. And, and I think I have a theory for why that is, but no one feels it. But if you look, some of the marginal tax brackets of like the 60s and 70s were like 90%. Oh, wow. So if you imagine like if you made, I think we talked about this on one other one of like
0: mm-hmm. how
1: varied the whole system is. But like if you made like a million dollars 90% was subject to income tax. It's like, that is that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, so think about now where it's like for most people, it's like 22%. That's way better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet my theory is why we don't feel it is because over time I've, I think most people feel like they are not directly benefiting from their tax dollars the way they feel they they should.
0: Oh, no, definitely not. I don't think anyone feels any direct benefit from their, at least that they, that they because cogn- I mean, you go to a public pool, you take your kids to a public pool, that is a direct benefit from yeah. your taxes, right? You do feel that. But unless you're t- kind of taking advantage of city projects, state projects, organizations like that, you don't really feel that daily benefit that potentially like other countries who have higher taxations might feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and part of it is like for us, most of like our tangible things that we want assistance with, whether it be student loan debt relief or in 08 mortgage relief. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones include you know, healthcare, the fact that we pay so much of our tax dollars into the healthcare system. And then we also have to pay healthcare premiums. Yeah. And then we have to pay additional copays. Yes. And this thing and that thing. And, and so when people start seeing that, and then you go to another country that may have more of a socialistic style where their tax rate is 40, 50%. But they have zero healthcare costs. Yeah. Then you start scratching your head and being like, that doesn't sound so bad in some ways. <laughs> and yet there's this other side, given the way capital works in the United States, that some of that also feels very much like anti American in yeah. some ways, of yeah. like, you know, so it's just, you know, it's just an interesting, interesting sort of dilemma that we we face with taxes. Sure. I
0: mean, that's the big fight, right? How much are people willing to be taxed? How much are you willing to, and, 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 you know, when you vote, a lot of, a lot of the bills coming in are different bond measures or different taxations. Uh, you know, like a few years ago in California, we had the, it was a gas tax that was, that was being voted on to help with, to help with road pavement. Yep. Right. And people were up in arms about it. No one wanted it. And mainly because the money was being so mismanaged, which is a whole other issue. Yeah. That, you know, why would we keep giving money to a government that, you know, because there was already money for the roads, but it wasn't handled correctly. I could be wrong in this, but this is what I remember hearing. And anyways, and it was so that's I think that's another issue is that with with the U.S., I think a lot of the money we give to the government, it feels like they're not really using it the way we'd like them to use it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you could
1: probably just walk down the street and if you ask anybody this question, do you feel like the government spends our tax dollars wisely? Everyone will say no. Everyone will say no. Yeah. Now, people may not even have like a good sense of why or they might not be able to pinpoint like, Oh, well, this government agency, you know, has like a $4 billion deficit in there. You know, I think it was like some department in the Pentagon is like missing $2 billion. it yeah. can't account for $2 billion. Yeah. It's like, that's a, little, that's a lot of money to like, we don't know we where don't, it went. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like, you know, the oversight committee just says, well, shame on you. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like a slap on the wrist and we'll just give you a bigger budget next year. You yeah. Know, it's like, okay, and then you just you just move on. Yeah. And so I think we hear those things and then we don't necessarily feel the tangibles. You know, I think a lot of people were very disheartened recently about the student loan debt stuff because also on the heels of that was forgiveness of a lot of PPP loans. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, so we're going to forgive loans that we gave to businesses, but we're not going to help out individual citizens.
0: Yeah. And, and that,
1: that becomes like a rub for people.
0: Well, that's kind of just that our tax system in general, I feel it fa- it favors corporations. It favors any type of any type of company over an individual.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's it's funny cuz people are like, so how is bailing out banks in 08 and not how is that capitalism? But if we would have helped people with their mortgages, That would have been socialism. Yeah. (laughs) And like, we don't know how to do this well. Right. And I think that's something I I hope we can start to figure out. And I think some of the pressure will sort of lean on government to start figuring some of that out. But when it comes to it, it's like, you look at it and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, Mm. why that over this? It's like, well, when you understand how, you know, government and corporations essentially are linked at the hip and so that then creates sure a dilemma yeah and i've always want you know thought project is like you know are politicians able to benefit more from individual citizens or companies with deep pockets right and so some of that then gets into sort of the you know our thinking and and our feeling about what's going on and yet we live in one of the most peaceful, well run countries with some of the most amount of freedoms ever, even though we don't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like but when you compare us to when you compare us to other places, we have so much and it's been so good to see all the progress that we've made, mm-hmm. you know, in the way we've essentially eradicated most abject poverty right in the United States and these different things that we do you know we're pretty secure as far as a nation goes so yeah it's like how do we how do we deal with with our feelings or our misgivings or well
0: it's a delicate you know. yeah definitely a delicate balance because we're such a large country you know that any of of the 50 states in the union you're going to get 50 different ideas of what to do about the tax system. Yeah. Plus, you oh, know, okay. yeah, it's it, it's, it's hard to collectively bring everyone together to, to have one solid idea about it. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then it just gets super diverse because there's, there's just so many different areas with which to deploy tax dollars. You know, we deploy so much to military, so much to Social Security, so much to, you know these different projects that sort of help spur innovation and, mm-hmm. and growth of our economy and and all of that sort of is under the idea that, you know, rising tides lift all boats. And in, in many ways it does. And yet I would have liked some student loan forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> so for my for my Dax
0: dollars. I heard I heard that with the rising tides lift all boats. I forgot where I heard this, but it's like who can afford a boat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's like yeah. who who's those who are those rising tides really helping? Yeah. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, and it's it's hard cuz I I just think that's where we don't we don't really get it. We don't understand the system. And so when you don't understand something, it's really hard to be in favor of it. Yeah. <laughs> and also when you cut those checks or like you look at your pay stub and you like, "Oh, <laughs> The well, government just took a huge chunk. You yeah. don't you
0: just don't feel great. No, not at all. You feel taken advantage of. You feel that you're just throwing money away to some degree because you don't. Even though, even though there may be benefits, invisible benefits, you're not actually seeing. Yeah. You. you there, you like because you don't get any feedback you know, year after year after year, as you're working, you start to wonder why the hell am I even paying these taxes? And I I think so much
1: of it ends up being like, you know, and the fish is like, well, what's water? Yeah. It's like, I think we are in the fishbowl and our taxes feel kind of like water where it's like, yeah, we need the system. And yet we're like, where is it? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, because the system is the the schools. You know, if you, if you if your kids, if you went to public school, if your kids went to public school, those are your taxes. Those are your taxes working. Even though those schools might not be getting the proper funding that they deserve, they're still getting funding from your taxes. Yeah. And like you said, those public services, like like fire, police, we are part of a, in our city, we're part of a community garden. And that is yeah. a city, that's a tax. I mean, we have to, we still pay to join it, but there is, the city is like kind of sponsors it. So that is a tax. Taxes are helping with that. And so it is like you said, we are, that's, that's a good analogy. We are kind of fish in the ocean wondering what water is at this point and not feeling it. Yeah. And I I don't, I don't know if there's anything to be done about it. I don't know. So can you do, so we, it's hard to understand taxes. Yes. Is there anything you can do to help us understand them maybe a little bit more?
1: Well, we'll we'll go over if you stick around. We'll have some sort of you know, it doesn't make sense segment. And there's <laughs> nothing that doesn't make sense more than more than taxes. And because we we're faced with these things of like, rich people don't pay taxes, and yep. you know regular W two workers, you know pay a fourth of their money in taxes. Right. And so we have these like weird, weird things, but taxes is all about income. And so if you earn income, then you pay taxes on it. Sure. And so a lot of people, what they do is they have systems set up where either they're not earning income, and so then there's no tax situation. Like a lot of people pay themselves a dollar. Mm. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, I guess we can tax, well, maybe we could tax you 100% on that dollar. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> well, here you go. Here's a buck. Yeah. But, and then what also happens is the way the system is is set up is that there are all these things that you can write off, all these deductions. And so if you do have profits or you do have income, you also are invested in certain ways that you can offset that income based on the rules mm-hmm. and based on the way the code's written so that essentially at the end of the day, there's nothing to tax you on. And so most, I would say most sort of middle class and, you know, if you make 100K at a job or less, you don't have the access to the write-offs and the, and the things, Yeah, like higher earning folks potentially do Mm -hmm. or people who's, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things is for like the top 10% of people in the United States, the majority of their money, their quote unquote income does not come from a job. No, they take out debt. We talked about this before. It's either debt or investments or their, their growth. So that is all much more favorably treated than earned income. And so what you see is, you know, most people think you you have income so that you can grow wealth. But then what happens on the back end is that they use their wealth to generate their income. And so there's these interesting statistics about how much, especially over the past 40 years, how much the higher earning or the higher net worth people, they don't rely on a job. (laughs) Mm-hmm. the way most of us do yeah and and, and so all of their income comes from just accumulating more assets the growth of their current holdings and you know businesses and this thing and that thing and so you just have this weird this weird thing where their income is different than our income sure <laughs> and so then their tax system is essentially different than
0: ours. (laughs) Right. And this is what I think we found in a lot of the, the social media videos that we, that we see is that a lot of these financial gurus on social media talk about how the quote unquote, how the rich do it. Yep. This is what the rich do to make money. This is how the rich handle their money. And that's all well and good for them.
1: Right. Well, when they say like the goal of the rich is to have no income. Most of us go like it's, I can't
0: do that. Like yes, it's like what? It's like what do you mean? And then you you hear that and you're like okay, that's good, I guess. But what about me? How does that apply to my situation currently? Like I I can't I can't get. How do I get to there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's like
1: none of us really just want to go like oh no income that's the key. Okay, I'm going to stop working. Exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah, so in one sense, it's one of those, like, half-truths of, like, yes, it's true, but then it's also, like, they also have a, you know, $400 million or, right. you know, something like that. So I think that's where that's where some of that stuff is very confusing on top of the system that's already confusing. Right. And so even trying to understand how you get taxed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we have what's known as a marginal tax bracket. Right. And so not every dollar that you earn is taxed at the same
0: percentage. Right. And so then people are like, what? <laughs> like, I know. That can be confusing if you, when you look at it for face value, at first it's like, I don't get it. What do you mean? Yeah. And then you have to kind of study it and have people explain it to you about two or three times and then it kind of clicks.
1: Yeah. And it, I don't know. I'm like isn't there just a better way but essentially it's just you know high you know a certain pr- piece of your money gets taxed at this the next tier gets taxed at a little higher rate the next tier of your earnings get taxed at a, at a higher rate right and so it's not that your entire money gets taxed at 22% it's only the money over 68,000 that gets taxed or whatever so right yeah it's just like so then you have to like okay so now I have to divide my income into these yeah. different buckets and yeah. social
0: security is taxed in a similar way. Where well, it's yeah. a tiered, it's a tiered yeah. tax
1: system. So, and then you know there's just these different these different things that I think make it really really tough. I think I sent you. I think one of my favorite quotes is from Ronald Reagan, where he said, "You need a higher level of education to understand the tax system than you do to have the job that you pay it taxes on. on." Yeah. And it's just so true. And and when you look at it and you start trying to figure out what it is and how it works, like, you really have to, like, love spreadsheets and love, like, numbers and love sort of chess. (laughs) And, like, I mean, so it's like that. it starts to really eliminate a lot of
0: people because there's very few people that are super interested in like figuring this out. Yeah, nothing makes me sweat more than when tax season comes around. It, it, especially with cuz I have I do a lot of freelance work. So I have to figure out a lot of, you know, like deductions and stuff like that. Yeah. And luckily I have a very good tax guy, but it does I I always worry that I did something wrong. Always. Yep. And I always worry that I'm going to get a letter. Or like a knock on the door from the IRS being like, you screwed up, man. You're going to be audited. Or here's handcuffs. Yeah, or like, like that video we had the yeah. other day. It's like it's <laughs> federal prison. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, it was $2 off. And they're like, oh, well, too bad. Yep. Yeah. It's,
1: it's, such a, it's such a nightmare. And, and it's really not in the favor of like the average worker.
0: No, well, I mean, the, I feel like the quote unquote average W2 employee, I feel like, mo- you know, when, when I had W2 jobs, it was just, you fill it out, you know, you go turbo, turbo tax and you fill it out and boom, it's done. And it's no, it's no worry there. You just, money's just taken out, yep. you know? So it's, it's kind of that, that automaton It's like, oh, well, it's tax season. Here we go. Boom. W2, especially if you only have one job then it's it's a little more simple in a way. And if yeah. you don't care, it's a little more simple. Yeah. But if you are someone who has multiple jobs, like a lot of people do these days, especially like I said, you know, freelance jobs, gig economy style jobs, where you have to kind of figure it all out and deduct things it can get a lot more complicated. And you can easily do something wrong yeah. if you're not careful.
1: Yeah. And the the whole thing is like if you have a if you have a small business, like you just layered on a whole nother a whole level animal. of tax complexity yeah and then you it's like, oh, you have children or you do this or you have you know which which loan interest do I get to deduct like it's just like it just you know our our situations just have become way more complicated, and then you're trying to read it's like trying to play like a board game mm-hmm. But it's like the entire encyclopedia is the instructions. Yeah, and you're like, wait. All right. Oh my god.
0: Well, I mean, I play D and D, and let me tell you, D D is its own. Oh yeah, is its own. There are so many rule books to that game, but it is a lot more simple <laughs> <laughs> than than the tax code. Yeah. Uh, imagine
1: yeah. if taxes were like D and D. It'd be right.
0: so much more fun. Actually, be so scary. Roll to see how much That's, you owe. Yeah, your D20 tw- dice <laughs>
1: determines your tax rate.
0: That actually is a really good idea. So. That would be the scariest roll of my life. You know, hopefully I can earn some proficiencies to, yeah. uh, to help me with that roll. How many gold pieces have you collected? Yeah. So,
1: no, yeah, it's, it, and it's just not fun. It just. It's not fun at all. It's anxiety provoking. Yes. It's terrifying. No one knows, like, like it's like you send it off with like a wish and a prayer. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it it's like it's just so backwards in so many ways. Yeah, and then as people as people start to really get essentially good at the tax game and learn different things and and apply different situations, whether they have rentals or this thing or that mm-hmm. thing or then people start getting more and more proficient and better at the game. But usually what that means is they're they're getting good at like in the the encyclopedia, they're like good at like volume W. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They have a very niche specialty. And so then you have a lot of that coming out of social media of like, like they boil all of the tax situations down to what they're good at and what they do. Yeah. And then most of those don't apply sure. to people. Even though people are like, I would love to not pay taxes. That sounds amazing. Yeah. How would I do that? Yeah, yeah, You start reading and it's like, oh, well, you have, to, <laughs> you have to buy a lot of properties and depreciate them and this thing and that thing and take out segregation studies and this thing and that thing and then, you know, all these different loopholes and things. And then, you know, then if you sell it, maybe you... Unintentionally create a bad tax situation, and so it just—it just gets like it just gets to be this huge
0: mess. We are getting into a new "What's Up with Money" book of the month. I don't know because we do it in every four weeks, so I don't know if it's necessarily of the month. But it's—it's our current "What's Up with Money" book club pick. Yes,
1: four weeks equals a month, so whatever month you're listening to, yeah. This is the this book, is the this, book of, this is <laughs> the book for this
0: month. Okay, what is our book this month, Ron?
1: So, we picked another shorty, 90 pages. So, cuz we like short books. Real easy read. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. That's right. It's almost 100 years old. It's a very
0: old. It's more of a collection of short parables in yeah, a way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, essentially about The Richest Man in Babylon mm-hmm. and lessons to be learned from two of his friends that go essentially seeking out information about wealth. Wealth.
0: Yes. Each, each little short story, they all kind of tie in with similar characters, but each short story is a different, like he said, a different lesson about wealth building.
1: And it's, I I asked you the question. I said, I think our prompt should be, why do we recommend this hundred year old book versus maybe some other Hundred-year-old books, maybe like "Think and Grow Rich." Or
0: yeah, you know, I just I just finished "Think and Grow Rich," and we were talking about if that was going to be a book recommendation. The thing, <laughs> the thing about "Think and Grow Rich," it's it's not a bad book. It's an outdated book. Um, so so warning there but it, it it also i think my biggest hang up with thinking Gore rich is that he talks about gandhi in the present tense <laughs> and i could not get, get over, over that i just couldn't get over it every time he would talk about gandhi in the present tense <laughs> i don't know why but i couldn't get over it and the end of that book kind of gets a little a little preachy a little heavy-handed and so i wasn't sure if it was necessarily a good book writer. it's not a bad book again like you more than welcome to read it i did get a few things out of it but I like The Richest Man in Babylon better because it's not it's not hitting over it's not hitting you over the head with anything. Yeah. It's giving you a narrative and through that narrative teaching you just just average life advice like within I think it's the second or third little story he talks about the idea of saving 10% of your income. Yeah. and how just by doing that and then investing that this this richest that's how the richest man in Bob babylon started gaining his wealth yeah by saving like just every 10 coins he got he kept put one away and then would invest that and that's kind of how it started and so it was just these little practical things that you can kind of take and add to or apply to rather your own kind of daily life and how you handle your own finances. And it's also just a fun read. It's 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 a nice, quick, easy beach read that I think everyone will get a little bit of something out of.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm always amazed with some of, like, when you find financial philosophies that have stood the test of time. Yeah. And, like, in this case, about 100 years. That's something to pay attention to, much more than you know one of my favorite things during the pandemic was watching all of these people talk about you know selling stocks Mm -hmm. and then when the market dropped on them it's like oh they're not financial wizards after all (laughs) (laughs) uh, they were caught up in the upswell of you know the the market upswing so you know they were thought they were really good at it then they all kind of disappeared so i think that's where like finding financial advice that spans the test of time that usually hints to yeah
0: there's some deeper wisdom here well that's what i really liked about it, is that there was definitely a deep wisdom in it and it was so simple it wasn't complicated and they weren't rules Yeah, it wasn't like you have to do this and and if you don't, you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, was none, there was none of that. It was just, this is a story of what these individuals did to gain their wealth. And it's completely applicable to anyone in this day and age. It does take work to do so, you know, depending on how much you make, saving 10% and investing it could be a lot of money for you. Yeah. But this, I think, will help inspire you to kind of go down that road.
1: And, it, and it, I think what I like about it is, like you said, comparing it to like Thinking Grow Rich and that it's not preachy. I think with Thinking Grow Rich, you can walk away going like, crap, I don't do any of these things. Like, yeah. Ugh. Whereas this, it's like, it's written in such a way that's like very encouraging, very positive. It is.
0: It, it makes very you- hopeful. Yeah, like, you walk oh. away being like, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I can do that. Okay. And it just, you you see yourself in the characters in a way. you know there's a lot of there's a lot of characters that are down and out trying to figure it out and then someone kind of helps them along the way and you definitely can see yourself in either role depending on your situation and it's just like i said it's a quick read it's an easy read you could probably get it done in a day if you really sat down we probably don't even need to use it this probably doesn't need to be the book for the whole month but it is to give you time yes and to extract all of its depth into wisdom yeah you could read it multiple times yeah. through if you really wanted to but yeah the richest man in babylon written by who was the the now deceased author george s classen george s Cla- is it classen or clausen it's c-l-a-s-o-n okay classen <coughs> or clason no classen no idea but there you go the richest man in babylon check it out wherever books especially finance books are sold i'm guessing i don't even know if they still sell it in a lot of places amazon.com amazon.com does definitely have it but other retailers probably might too yay when we were talking about life insurance you said the phrase triggering a taxable event, which <laughs> sounds like it, t- that, that moment to me sounds like there's a lot of people in like a control room and someone's like, they triggered a taxable event. And it's like, <laughs> it's like this huge, like, like, like alarms are blaring. It's like mayday, mayday, taxable event. And they like, that's what, that's what that. And so this, the whole tax system just sounds like a bunch of maydays going on taxable event, taxable event, watch out shots yeah. fired.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like like you you've watched the show Loki. Oh yeah, it's like your taxes are like the time branch, the timeline. Okay. And if you do something wrong, it's just like it's this a, branch, and they come right. in, they you know they get in there right there and they prune you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like they get rid of you so fast. Yeah. So yeah, but and, and I think that's also one of the things that a lot of people don't get is there are all these different things that are or can trigger a taxable event. Mm -hmm. a couple of the common ones is like when people sell their home, like you may have just triggered an enormous, you know,
0: I triggered without realizing it. I triggered a taxable event when I decided to be an independent contractor and work for myself because there is a tax you have to pay. Yep. And I didn't know that until tax, until I went to the, my tax guy and he was like, well, since you're an independent guy, you have to pay a tax on that. And I was (laughs) like, no, I don't. And he was like, yep, yeah, you do. You have to pay tax on the fact that you work for yourself. And yep. I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I think I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. Some of the other ones are like, when people start thinking about retirement, That we talked about the tax bomb in your retirement. Yeah. Like that one is, is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that's the worst. Because people enter retirement thinking, oh, I got this money. And then they start trying to use it and the government says, Hey. hey, Yeah. We're, we're back. We're ready for it. we've been waiting. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Where's our where's our cut? And so, you know, and you have that like would people so a lot of people don't know this even too, like when you invest in your Robin Hood account. Mm. Anytime you make a trade, you trigger a taxable event. Yeah. So some people find this stuff out obviously the hard way of like you know, they'll get a letter from, you know, their whoever's doing their investments or whatever and saying, hey, here's, your, here's your tax form. And I've had many clients say like, <coughs> they had investments sort of outside of what I do, then come and be like, hey, I got this form. What does this mean? And I'm like, well, you bought and sold securities through Robinhood or through your Fidelity account or these other things. And they're like, yeah, but, Why did why do I have to pay taxes? Yeah, it's like well the thing grew, and people are like, "What?" It's like, no, if you sell it at a profit, part of that profit's the government's. Mm -hmm. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense.
0: And I'm like, well, it's the way it is. Yeah, I heard that Venmo is now going to be taxable.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of different stuff that's if you if you use Venmo or PayPal or any of those cash exchanging apps, go. All of that stuff is be starting to become subject to, to taxes and essentially records are being kept. Even yeah. one of the weird ones, in, and this is where I'm a weirdo and so I pay attention to some of this stuff of like, if you went and took $1,000 out of your bank account and then went and deposited it back into your bank account tomorrow, that $1,000 deposit may trigger a taxable event. Really? <laughs> yeah. Even though it's your money. Because what they're some of what they're trying to do is to get access to. I think the the prevailing idea is that there's a lot of cash exchanging hands in in ways that we can't tax, mm-hmm. that maybe should be taxed or that we'd like to tax. And so let's try and get at it. And so there's all those different things like Venmo, Zelle transactions. Yeah. Uh, so you better keep record of like why. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like, it's a whole lot more work. So, yeah. But,
0: I feel like if we talked about death for this episode, it'd be a lot more of a happier conversation.
1: (laughs) I mean, it might, it might be. Yeah. It might be. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Taxes feel like death. So, I don't know what what
0: to do about well, that. Well, help us out here. Help us out here, Ron. <laughs> Maybe, you know, we just talked about how much taxes are both beneficial and terrible at the same time. What what can you can you do anything to kind of give us a little light on the subject? <laughs> I've never seen you think so hard. <laughs>
1: So, so here's another one okay, here's another one that'll uh get your goat social security tax essentially it's like six and a half percent right, but did you know there's a cap? What do you mean yeah <laughs> so so six six and a half percent of your social of your income is taxed for social security purposes as a wealth transfer from us to old people mm-hmm. But they set a cap. So if you make over $160,000, you no longer pay any money on Social Security.
0: Wait, any money? This, well, no, time out, time so, out. Time so you out.
1: pay 6.5% only up to $160,000 okay, of income.
0: Okay, yeah, but anything above one does not get taxed.
1: Yeah, There are some people that pay their entire Social Security tax like the first week of the year. And then all the rest of their income, there is no Social Security tax on that because wait why not
0: it's the way the law's written yeah but on the, everyone's talking about how social security is going to be gone it's like apparently like like it's getting eaten away and now you're telling me that there's all these people who sh- could be paying so much more money in social security but are not because of a tax law yeah essentially you could fix social security like that yeah. If you applied a straight 6.5% on all I, income. Now, t- now I'm upset because I asked <laughs> you to give us something good, and you just gave <laughs> us something to be even angrier about.
1: Yeah, but it's things like this that like people just don't know. And then it's like, well, now I hate the tax system even more. Yeah. And I have no idea when those caps... Those caps might have gotten put in place way back when, you know, during the... Great Depression or something I'd I'd have to research that But Essentially there's a gap So like for a lot of people That are higher earners Their percentage Of their income That goes into Social Security Is a whole lot less Than Yours Because On the whole On the whole of their income Like if you make a million dollars In a year You only paid Six and a half percent On the first 160,000 so I mean the, it's like at, yeah. at that point it's like you basically paid a tenth of what potentially you could have paid right. into into the system. So and Social Security continue Social Security and military are our two largest expenses as a as a government. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, well, here's a solution of how we could get some more get some more money yeah. <laughs> like into the system. Let's Let's get rid of that cap. And, you know, some people argue, well, wealthy people then don't get access to Social Security.
0: Well, I was going to ask, is that the idea? Is uh, that if you're making so much money, you don't need Social Security, and therefore you don't need to, like, why pay into it if you don't use it? But then the the counter-argument is that, you know, I don't have kids in public school, but I pay taxes that contribute to public school. So yeah. the, if by that that line of thinking can take you down really weird paths.
1: Yeah. It's why, it's why you sort of build, it's why you build the social net in the way that it's built, that we all contribute. And then we all take part in the benefits that are offered in different ways and in different degrees. Mm -hmm. There are programs that you probably take advantage of that I do not. right, And vice versa. So, but, it's it's a weird one that like when you start finding out like some of those things of like especially in today's day and age where it's like there's a good chunk of people that make over 160k yeah. a year and it's like well they don't they stop paying <laughs> and Is that like, is
0: that also an older law like back like you know when nowadays due to inflation there are more people making Yeah the the cap was lower when when that got set Okay
1: so it's not like it's been 160 since 1938 or whatever. Right, sure. It's been, it it all of these continually increase mm-hmm. and, and are stair-stepped in. The same way like <clears throat> we continually add money to like, you know, a few years ago, it was, you could contribute 5,500 to your IRA. Mm. Now you can contribute, last year it was six, now it's 6,500. Mm. So there's continually sort of these adjustments in, in the laws and you have to pay very close attention because they change in some cases every single year. Yeah. And so, but yeah, sorry, I didn't. I I tried to get us into a happy zone. And <laughs> I, just, I just I just really f- failed.
0: But while I was thinking there, I was like, oh, this is this will, this will make Ryan happy. Yeah. So this this is a good this is a good one. Yeah. It it did not. Is there anything you can help us out with when it comes to taxes? Did you did you bring up taxes just to discuss? How- just to make everyone mad. I felt like we'd had some good,
1: <coughs> we had some good episodes, some fun. Yeah, you know, it's like we just gotta. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like this is one just to make you angry. That's well, what it's this like is like when Ron Swanson breaks the coffee machine. And yeah. it's like it was just getting too chummy in here. <laughs> yeah, you know, so they all start fighting about you know in the Parks and Rec office about you know who broke it. Yeah, and he doesn't say anything. He just walks out and it's like yeah I broke it. It was. You have to do that sometimes. You're just
0: throwing a little bit of chaos.
1: Yeah. But it's something that I think people are very concerned with and want to understand. But it's also challenging.
0: See, see, yes. I want to understand. I think everyone wants to understand. But it's like wanting to climb Mount Everest. Yeah. It is... And it's as if if Mount Everest was five times the height it currently is right now, it's the the view would the view would be amazing. You could tell people you did it. Uh, I'm sure that you would get a very fulfilling experience from it. But you could also lose a toe, you yeah. know, like or worse, or worse. And it it's it's so so daunting. They don't even know how to begin. Yeah, so getting into it.
1: One of the things that I recommend, and we'll put this in the notes, but if you go to Smart Asset. It's a website. It's a it's a good financial smart, smart asset. asset. They have a they have a really cool like income tax calculator. Okay. And so you can actually type in your city, where you know, where you live, your general income, if you have like if you contribute to your 401k or an IRA, or if you have some other deductions, things like that. And and then it'll spit out, I think what to me it's like the the clearest view of a general estimate on your taxes okay and and they do two things that i think are helpful they'll they'll go through the marginal tax nonsense of like you know this amount went to this bracket this amount went to here and but then they'll also just give you like an effective rate that just says hey on the whole the amount of taxes you paid compared to your income was 13 mm. <coughs> percent most people are actually are pleasantly surprised to realize that like that number is a lot less than they think. Mm. They always feel it as like 10 times more than that. Yeah. But you can go in there and you can see like, oh, it's 14%. Some of it goes to this, some of it goes to that, some of it goes to the state, some of it. And mm-hmm. so you can kind of see. And that that I think can sort of be, if people want to learn, that would be like a starting spot of like pop in 100, 100K into income in your city and then,
0: just see how it divvies out. See
1: what it does. Yeah, And then one of the other things that I've used that for with people is understanding, okay, if you do tax-deferred accounts mm. and you're tax-deferring money into the future through a 401k. traditional IRA or a 401k, you can just easily compare and see, okay, well, putting that 6,500 in a traditional IRA saved you $800 on taxes and people are like, and for them it's like either that means that that's not n- enough to make that worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And others are like, Oh, that's great. And so, yeah. you know, but then it's like, cause people oftentimes have wild assumptions about what those contributions are doing. They're wildly saving on taxes. And it's like, sure. well, no, you have essentially deferred $800 to the future. Yeah. And so then then they can make more sound decisions. With other folks, especially people that like start to move into like being business owners or moving to freelance or entrepreneurship, one of the things that I'll do is I'll start looking at that tax money that's going that's going to the government and trying to help people reclaim that for something. Mm. You know, and so that's where helping people start thinking on a whole year system and going like your tax money is just going. So it's like, imagine if you could have access to half of that back for something else. Sure. Because then sometimes people feel the pinch of like an expense. It's like, well, what if instead of it coming from your wallet, it came from your taxes? And so there's different ways to start getting people thinking about their taxes. Is the idea there
0: is because you're writing it off? Either you're
1: writing it off or you're using it and every situation's got its own specialty. Mm -hmm. That's where if you start getting more complex than just a single W-2 job, then talking with your tax professional about, hey, what are the ways that I can reclaim some of these taxes and some benefit? Whether it's retirement accounts or other investments, maybe it's things like, maybe you have access to a, a health savings account, an HSA, or these different things where you can hopefully start peeling back some of the money that's going to the government in a way that's beneficial for you or where you see the benefit more directly. Mm-hmm. And so usually they're not one-to-one, like you take a dollar out of the tax system and you put a dollar into your account. And so there's a little bit of some math and some game playing mm-hmm. there. But that's where, especially like when people feel like they don't have enough money on a monthly or yearly basis for an expense, mm-hmm. it's like going like, well, well, you've already, we're going to take it from this expense of taxes and put it somewhere else. And so that's some of how we start to play a little bit of a tax game sure. with people Okay. And then also helping people try and understand what future tax liabilities might be like, whether it's retirement or you want to sell a property or, you know, if you have an investment account with stocks or mutual funds or things like that. What happens when you trigger ta- that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's the worst kind of being triggered yeah. is getting a, <laughs> is a tax about. event. <laughs> so when you can start playing with some of those people can then start to, it's kind of like these different steps deeper and deeper into the system, but that are applicable to like your particular situation. So like, I'm not going to teach you about like depreciating assets. Why not? I mean,
0: <laughs> you can learn, <laughs> but it's
1: like, it's fun, but it's like, it's not, that's not the, the realm you're in yet. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I you don't know. need to know that Tomorrow. You are you nice. will. Okay. So, but that's just all part of, like, the, you know, making sure that the tax advice matches your context, mm-hmm. like everything else, and then making sure, like, I always recommend professionals, financial professionals, tax professionals. Yeah. I always say there's a big difference between tax strategists versus tax filers. And mm. so if you're starting to get into a more complicated system, try and assess if your person whether you go to a box tax filing place or you actually have like an independent CPA or things like that. Yeah. Starting to understand the difference between.
0: Yeah. Do they just file know, it for you it. or are they actually strategizing? Yeah.
1: You? And that's yeah. where I think like me, if anyone's got questions about money, I get super excited. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing most CPAs throughout the year would get really excited if someone's curious about taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's where I say like reach out and ask. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm thinking about, like for you, it's like, I think when you thought about going freelance and you asked the CPA, they could have prepped you for sure. Yeah, like, Oh, that means I have to pay more taxes. It's yeah. like, yeah. So there's all those different things that I think are, are hopefully little helpful nuggets that maybe that was a little bit of a bright spot. That was a little bit of a bright spot. Okay.
0: And we'll, we'll, we'll make it a little bit brighter. Surprise! Oh!
1: That got lively.
0: (laughs) That was so cute. I love that. I was definitely, that was like, that definitely got me. I was like, oh, what (laughs) do I do? (laughs) (laughs) This bright spot is going to get a little bit brighter to segue us into Penny for Your Thoughts. Penny for Your Thoughts. So, what final thoughts do you have on death and taxes? Yes. So...
1: idea i would probably say to not be afraid of taxes okay which might sound weird but if it take it head on yeah don't don't be afraid of taxes know that it's not perfect no (laughs) it's definitely not perfect (laughs) but it's not it's not this complete evil either and so to yeah and if you have interest in learning about taxes there are a variety of different places you can go if you have an accountant ask them questions sure if you have uh, Google you can go to things like smart asset and look at you know income tax calculators you can go to the irs.gov and just poke around it's one of your favorite websites it is it might trigger a taxable event <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we should have a shirt that says, this shirt might trigger a taxable event. That, that's, that's nice. Uh, we'll add that to the shirt list.
1: So I think that's that's just an encouragement. like Because I think the more unnamed or unexplored the thing is, the higher our level of fear grows around it. Yeah. So we tend to be afraid of things we don't understand. Most of us don't understand taxes, so it's easy to be afraid of them. Yeah. so it's they're not meant to be but it does take some you know time to kind of get get used to it yeah dive in a little bit check it out okay so
0: you got to put on your your big girl and your big boy and your big exactly. they pants and and, and and adventure in as, yep. as as the as the hobbits from the Shire adventured into the big world of middle Earth you too must venture into the big world of the tax system yes. And wasn't
1: it? Wasn't it Dustin Hoffman in Hook? That said, Death is the only adventure he has left.
0: It, it, I think so. Okay. Wow. I haven't heard a I haven't heard a good Hook quote aside from Rufio, Rufio, <laughs> Rufio, Rufio in a long time. Wow, that was a yeah. that was a
1: deep cut quote. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Thanks for listening to What's Up with Money. We'll continue our conversation in the next episode. But until then, please subscribe to rate and review
0: the show. Giving a rating or review helps other people find the show. So if you like what you're hearing and you want others to hear it too, please give us a rating, share us on social media, or both.
1: Reviews are also where you can leave us questions. So if you have any financial questions for us,
0: please leave them in the review. We may answer it on the show. We love
1: questions.
0: We'll be back next week to continue our conversation and hopefully get a little bit closer to answering the age-old question What's up with money? It doesn't make sense. Okay.
1: you. So we're talking about taxes. We are you, talking about you taxes. You sent me one that was like, okay, one video is this guy talking about audit rates. Yeah. And how unbelievably skewed audit rates are for like lower earners. Mm -hmm. You're like, why? And it's basically is going over like probably where people are cheating the system and getting themselves into a lower, lower income. Yeah. So that one was fine, but it is interesting that the IRS is like trying to hire hundreds and hundreds of more people to like possibly do more audits. Yeah. It's weird. And like, they're primarily trying to target like the middle class. this is just so bonkers Uh, yeah you're targeting the wrong group yeah yeah it no it doesn't that that doesn't make sense yeah so but again that's our tax dollars at work so So, the the other one was (laughs) we've used some of our videos before but talking trying
0: to explain taxes with pizza yes so as we mentioned earlier in the episode taxes are there is a tier system to how you're taxed you know when did if you make you know i think it's like was it like 25 grand or under you pay like 10 percent or something and then after that is 12 and then 14 15 i don't know it goes up to like 22 no one knows i don't know i don't have it memorized but so there's a lot of people out there trying to a lot of gurus out there trying to give you that information in ways that might help explain it Better, I honestly feel like it's fairly self-explanatory if you look at it and just kind of learn it. It's like, okay, this is how it works. If you look at the chart, okay, I get it. And people who, who try to explain to you using analogies, <laughs> poorly poorly uh, operated analogies. If you can make the tax system more <laughs> complicated than it already is, you've, you've done something. Yes, God bless her. She tried using pizza. But not in the way you think
1: because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both thought she was like oh we're going to talk about taxes with pizza and i was like okay so you're going to tell
0: me what slice goes to the government no no every tier <laughs> is a type of pizza with the worst type of pizza being the lower tier and the best type of pizzas being the higher tier and every tier they take a, a piece from a different pizza Which I see see what she's doing. If
1: you make 12,000 pizzas of this crap pizza, they're going to take, you know, 10% of them. Correct. And I was like, why didn't you just say dollars? Yeah. Like, if you make
0: $12,000, they're going to take 10% of them. She also talks so fast. All these gurus talk so fast because they have a time limit on the TikToks. Yeah. Or on the social medias. They have a time limit. So they talk so fast. Yeah that I'm kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, went from like that to cheese pizza
1: to pe- pe- pepperoni pizza to hamburger pizza to yeah. like barbecue pizza and like, yeah. oh, they like this pizza the best, so they're gonna take 40% of the pizzas that you make. And I was like, and then this other person, what if they made 600,000 pizzas? And I was like, what what the heck? Like, what now are you- we- Now I'm hungry.
0: Yeah, Now exactly. I just want pizza. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So I was like, I feel
0: like I- Lessened my knowledge of the tax system. She should have ended that video saying "sponsored by Domino's." Like know, that would have been something like yeah, yeah. they, they definitely she missed out on a the joke there, which oh, which is unfortunate.
1: Yeah, but most of those most of those personalities they're not they're not in the joke game. So
0: you know they're not jokey jokesters.
1: They're not as fun as we are. No, no, not many people are. No, but mm-hmm. don't don't try and understand the tax system through analogies. I think it just goes south really fast.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really bad. The tax system is already complicated enough that just trying to give it to you straight is really all you need. Cuz then you have to do like the dual work of
1: understanding the analogy as it compares to yeah. this foreign language of taxes.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you want to help someone understand the tax system, just try to simplify the language that the tax tax system is using yeah you know distill down the diction or the verbiage used in words that are more palpable pal- palatable which is oddly i can't say palatable and that'll help but <laughs> using 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 all these weird analogies it's just too much work well i
1: mean the one thing i walked away being was like i think i triggered a taxable event by watching the video <laughs> <laughs> you may have you may have Anyway, once again, comparing pizza making to taxes doesn't make, make sense. sense on top of the fact that taxes don't make sense. So when you double layer, that doesn't make sense. It just makes for a great video. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it cancels. It's like a negative and a negative equals a positive. Yeah, a positive. negative equals a positive. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, right. have a good week.